Mike Broomhead, you have made me so conscious of it on Fridays. Preach it, Preach it I can Jamie. feel that extra energy in my voice. <laughs> Preach it. Let's hear it. Yeah, I know you can hear it. <laughs> go Suns. Yeah, go Suns. It is. Uh, this is an exciting time. I, you know, I know it's only the first round of the playoffs, but I love seeing the city this amped up for something. It's pretty cool. I love that we're even in the playoffs. I know. I do. I, I agree with you. I hope they go deep. I think they got a chance to win it all. I certainly don't want to jinx it, but I think this is a very good team getting better all the time. This is the year. Yeah, I hope so. I hope you're right, Jamie. It'd be a great way to send Al McCoy into his retirement. Exactly. Wouldn't it? It'd be great. Um, welcome, everyone. Happy Friday. A lot of ground to cover today. Uh, some interesting guests today. We're going to talk about a couple of different topics, kind of political. I have been lamenting recently about how leadership, it seems like in the United States Congress, continues to hang on to their jobs. They get a, a lot older. They've been around. And it has really nothing to do as specifically with their age. But it does have to do with bringing in new blood. We know Mitch McConnell is just returning to the Senate after a stint in the hospital. We know about, we're hearing about Dianne Feinstein. So coming up at 9.05, we're going to speak with Lisa James. And Lisa James heads up a, a program called the Doty London Training. And it's training people that are entering into or want to enter into and learn more about the political forum. So we'll talk with her at 9.05 about that. And then at 10 o'clock in the 10 o'clock hour, we're going to talk about ranked choice voting and why that's a good or a bad idea. That's all coming up. Uh, we start this morning, unfortunately, with gas prices. As we move into the summer season, we have kind of been hit by a perfect storm, one of which is we've changed the blend of fuel that we use, so it costs more to make. It's harder to ship. It's harder to manufacture, so it's costing even more. There was a bit of a shortage for a short time. Now we know oil prices have gone up, and now demand is increasing. This is the season, the time of year when people begin to drive more, and we are seeing Phoenix area gas prices nearly as high as those in California, the statewide average. Now, um, it, and this is the sub-headline here. While California prices have remained flat in the last month, Arizona has jumped almost 60 cents per gallon. This is lot, This is much more than just something to complain about. For some of us, it is an inconvenience. It's an outrage, but it's an inconvenience. It does not alter the way we live our lives. It makes us angry. We may... You know, do something a bit differently out of choice, but it doesn't mandate that we do things differently. There are small businesses and individuals and families that will be making dramatic changes because of this. And it's sad when these things happen. Um, I want to give you a couple of headlines on the economy. I, I love to go through headlines and then explain more. Retail slide, retail sales slide more than expected grow at weakest annual pace since June of 2020, which again, is the pandemic. Let, so let's discuss that for just a moment. Um, we talked yesterday about how businesses are, small businesses, are filing bankruptcy at a faster pace than during the pandemic. And now we're seeing that um, the retail slot, sales grow at the weakest annual pace since the pandemic. How is it that we've gone this far backwards? During the pandemic, it was mandatory shutdowns, and businesses failed because of it. We spent trillions of dollars in PPP loans and otherwise to prop up the economy so we could save as many businesses and keep as many people employed as possible. Now we're seeing it is worse than it was then. Does that mean we shouldn't have helped during the pandemic? Many people think we shouldn't have shut things down during the pandemic, which is something I absolutely believe. Um, 
But here, here we go with this. Hawkish comments from Fed's Waller send uh, May rate hike odds surging. In other words, they are think they are believing that next month we are going to see another interest rate hike because the inflation is being very stubborn. Um, um, the zero capacity to save Argent, Argentines buckle under the 103% inflation. So in Buenos Aires, uh, people are painful, painfully accustomed to the decades of spiraling prices. See that the current 102.5% and climbing inflation rate is on another level and making it almost impossible to get by. We have got to be very careful about a lot of the things we do. And there is a cause and effect to the things that happen from leadership. Um, and this is where I think the American people, because it's, some would say it's a knee-jerk reaction. You can't blame the president or the White House or the administration or the government for this or this or this. All true. You can't. There are things that are out of their control. But what we should be doing, and I wish there was more uh, leadership out there pointing this out, that there are things that you can do that may seem minimal to you but make an impact. Uh, the fact that we, from the beginning of this administration, that their laser focus on um, climate change and what they have done with their assault, they have they said they were going to do it. Their full attack on the oil and gas industry and the producers of those fossil fuels here in the U.S. has done dramatic damage to our ability to be energy independent. We are exporting a huge amount of our oil and, and our fuel over to Europe because of what's going on with Russia. There's no doubt about that. But there are things that we could have done and things we were doing that made us energy independent. And all of the political rancor that we have, you know, Donald Trump, former President Trump, is a polarizing figure. People love him or hate him. There's not very many people that don't have an opinion. There are some people that we all know people, eh, you know, he's all right. She's OK. You know, there are people like that. You don't have a strong opinion. It's not that way with someone like former President Trump. But it's hard not to acknowledge that we saw immense growth in our economy during his presidency. Some people call it luck. Call it what you want. But it's accurate. We saw immense growth during his presidency with wage increases without inflation. Four straight years of fuel prices under $3 per gallon. And a lot of that was in direct correlation to the the of rolling back um, uh, restrictions and regulations and allowing the oil and gas industry to become energy independent. We had a much bigger footprint and a much bigger ability at that time to have, to dictate or at least play a big role in how the markets drilled for oil, pulled it out of the ground. We now know the OPEC plus, plus nations, that includes Russia, decided that they were going to just slow down production, production by 2 million barrels per day. We are going to pay a big price for that. We don't have, if you look back at what we've done, this is where I have a big issue with the plans of this administration. I don't know the inner workings, but we all can look at what they're doing and what they're not doing. While this, this administration demonizes the profiteering of the the oil companies, the U.S. oil companies, they were going out and trying to make deals with the nation of Iran, with the Saudis, the UAE, uh, OPEC. They even went to the Venezuelans. And we're trying to get them to either not slow down production or up production and make deals, and it wasn't working. Remember the president said over and over again, no drilling, not onshore, not offshore, not on federal land. We're not going to do it. We're not going to allow it. They've admitted very quietly that this 9,000 oil leases was a false narrative. 
And they seem to have turned the tide a little bit. They're going to sell leases in the Gulf of Mexico. But the results of these things we are not going to feel the benefit of for years. This is that way too slow to act mentality that's frustrating people. There are a lot of people out there that voted for Joe Biden. There are a lot of people out there that thought this country needed a different direction from where we were going under President Trump. Fair enough. I don't agree with you. Um, I voted for President Trump. Um, but the fact is, I also am an American that says when the American people choose, we live with the results of those elections. And we did. The American people voted for Joe Biden. I know there are people that think it was stolen. Different topic. But we got the policies that come along with that. And it's hard to ignore before the invasion, before all of those things happen between Russia and Ukraine, if you go and look and you can track it week by week, fuel prices began to climb based on the policies of this administration from the minute they took office. We started seeing price increases to where we were setting records because there has been a full assault. This president wants this country off of fossil fuels, but we aren't doing anything to reduce demand. What we are doing is making it harder. So what they're doing now is new. uh, They want new um, restrictions and new regulations on gas powered vehicles so that fuel efficiency is much higher. It's going to cost a lot more to manufacture. It's going to try to it's going to hammer the oil industry again. And the reason they're doing this is they're trying to push people toward electric vehicles. There are other problems with that. The infrastructure problems. Look at California. California made a statement last year, I believe, that said by 2030, they are going to outlaw gas-powered vehicles being sold in their state, gas and diesel. Within a day or two, I believe it was, they warned the people of California, please don't charge your electric vehicles because under the current conditions of of the, the, the heat, that they were going to overwhelm the grids and rolling blackouts might happen. How do the two not... You know, how do we as Americans not look at that and say, well, wait a minute, you're trying to drive everybody in the direction of electric vehicles. And you're telling us in a major state like California, look at the electrical grid problems that Texas has had. You're telling us that you want us all to go to electric vehicles or the majority of us to do that. And you're not ready for it. So you're going to tax people more money to put in the infrastructure while you're jacking up prices. It hasn't worked and it's not going to work. Not this way. And I'm in favor of progress. I'm in favor of things moving in a new direction. I'm in favor of seeing the new things that come into this world. But what's happening here is agenda-driven. I don't think there's much thought into practicality of it. And people that voted for President Biden are seeing that they're paying the price, and I think he's going to pay a heavy price politically for it. Uh, In a moment, we're going to talk about – in a moment, we're going to talk about the leaker. We'll get to that coming up in just a second. and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. 
Thanks for being here. The Phoenix Suns are back in the playoffs, and we're giving you a chance to score the hottest ticket in town. Suns playoff tickets are available. Now, here's the deal. Just text the word TICKET to 411-923. If you do that, you're registered. Then listen for your name in the 7 a.m. hour, the 11 a.m. hour, and the 4 p.m. hour. If your name is called, you'll have 10 minutes to call. You'll be qualified. You're one of our finalists to win those tickets. You're going to get a Suns prize pack, but one of the finalists is going to win game one tickets to see the Suns take on the Clippers. So we're going to have we'll have one of those names at 11 o'clock this morning. But if you want to get on that list, text ticket to 411-923. The Pentagon leaker. uh, Let's uh, let's talk about what's happening here. A 21 year old young man in the Massachusetts Air Guard who is an intelligence analyst or someone who had access to intelligence data is now been accused of leaking these documents. I want you to hear a little bit from a CBS report on who was arrested and a little bit more about this guy. News crews captured the arrest live, showing heavily armed federal agents taking the suspect into custody Thursday outside his mother's home south of Boston. The suspect is identified as Massachusetts Air National Guardsman Jack Teixeira. He's accused of leaking hundreds of pages of classified military documents and CIA updates, including on the war in Ukraine, some revealing how the U.S. gathers intelligence on both allies and adversaries. All right. So um, how did he have this clearance? You know, did he have a clearance to view these documents? He was a member of an Air National Guard unit, which was an intelligence wing, and he had what amounted to an IT or a tech job to maintain these classified networks. So it appears that he got access to the information because he had a high-level security clearance, and it's through these networks that this intelligence flows through. So here's the deal, and I've talked about this at length because I have friends that have had top-level clearances, and so they've explained the process to me a little bit. And part of this is there's a room usually called a skiff, and every we talk about this this room all the time, where classified documents are held. And even though you have a top-level security clearance doesn't mean that you have access to everything that's in there. It's not as if on your lunch hour you can just go in and start reading things. Generally speaking, you're told that there are documents waiting for you pertaining to a case you're working or pertaining to something you're doing, and you will go in. You cannot take in a recording device. You can't even take a phone in with you. Can't take pictures. You can read it, and you can leave. That's it. You commit to memory what you've read, and you leave the room. If you take anything out of that room, you've already violated the laws by doing that. So with that in mind, is was were these documents he was even supposed to see? That could be a violation there. Of It's none of your business. It's a need to know. So there also, we're hearing in this report, there are systems in place like checks and balances to prevent these things from happening. Um, there are systems already in place. I'm not going to get into the details for a number of reasons uh, that really should trigger when people are printing material or accessing networks that really amounts to unusual activity. Plus, there's a whole cadre of counterintelligence agents that are supposed to be looking at this issue. So it does appear that there were multiple system failures in this case. So we've heard recently, and I don't want to change the topic. I just want to kind of uh, clarify part of this. Um, Top secret documents at a former president's home. 
two of them that we know of, a vice president's home, going back to when President Biden was Senator Biden, who shouldn't have had those documents. Now, they were not posted online for people to see, but it is the potential. It is the idea that we are supposed to keep highly classified items highly classified. Getting a security clearance, even I would guess a low-level clearance, is not that easy to do. I know people that have gotten top-level security clearances. Now, they haven't walked through the entire process, but just to be very honest, I was a part of one of those clearances because I was an associate and a close associate to someone. Um, When they went through the clearance process, I was called and interviewed by someone that did this with the FBI, that they go in and they take this very seriously. It's, I think, like 100 pages long, and you list people, and then they ask the people that you list to list more people, and they do a very thorough background check to try to eliminate things like this from happening. But they also have checks and balances in place, so if somebody does go rogue, it gets caught. What happened here is the question. How did so many of these documents get out? This guy's name is Jack Teixeira. Um, he was part of a, a, a group called Thug Shaker Central, uh, which is um, on a platform that's popular with gamers. And they were talking to some witnesses. And here's an interesting comment. In a call with members of this um, group, a panic Teixeira seemed to know he was in trouble. One of the members said that Teixeira sounded as if he was in a speeding car the last time they spoke. Here's the quote that they say Teixeira said. Guys, it's been good. I love you all. I never wanted this to get like this. I prayed to God that this would never happen, and I prayed and prayed and prayed. Only God can decide what happens from now on. So, you know, the details of what were in these documents, according to the Washington Post, it appeared to be photographs showing classified intelligence briefing on Ukraine's combat capabilities, um, a lot more information about other things that are going on in the Ukrainian and Russian militaries, highly sensitive analysis of the U.S. allies and adversaries, including China. Now, the president said that there was nothing really of great consequence, but the White House National Security Spokesman John Kirby said, here's a quote, We don't know what else this individual or individuals might have and might still release. You've got highly sensitive classified information now in the public domain, and that's simply unacceptable and could do damage to our national security. So this is, uh, again, a very serious breach. But how does this happen? We've been hearing a lot about documents and that are supposed to be secret. Uh, Remember going back to the Hillary Clinton days where there was documents found on Anthony Weiner's computer that had no business with him viewing at all. So how do we get our arms around this as a nation? Are we really putting ourselves at risk? It's a great question. Coming up in a moment, uh, Gatos is going to join me. It's our Big Q poll question of the day. So please stick around. The Gatos Big Q Poll Question, brought to you by your Valley Toyota dealers. Hey, good morning, Gatos. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. You know, uh, I don't mean to be gross, but I was just in the toilet. Thanks. I I appreciate that. Uh, And uh, apparently in Phoenix, that's the water you'll be drinking. Did you? Did you happen to? I played it all morning long yesterday, the Cynthia Campbell quote. Oh, yes. How good that was. Oh yes, yes, yes. Uh, would you like me to read my cue? Let me, can I can I play the audio first? Oh, absolutely. Just one more time, in, yes. in case you missed it. This is Cynthia Campbell. <laughs> she is an advisor in the city of Phoenix when it comes to water, discussing oh, yeah. the possibility of toilet water becoming drinking water, and she used this unfortunate 
choice of words. And many people say, you know, advanced water purification, the the water that you get out of the back end. You know what? We had an expert on yesterday, and he used the word discharge three times. You know, I used to work in this industry. You did? You worked in the uh, water industry? Yeah, I was, uh, as an electrical contractor, I worked on wastewater treatment plants, sewage lift stations, uh, um, well water uh, sites, well sites. Uh, So I spent the last couple of years in my my industry working specifically in in this part of it. Well, I don't like it, and I don't want to drink Me it. Me either. I know I don't, you don't I'm with either. you. I, I'm with no. you. All right. I figured that since Phoenix wants to recycle wastewater into drinking water, we've got to come up with a name. Okay. What should this type of water be called? All right. You tell me which one you like, Mike, okay? What What type of water... What what what's uh what should this type of water be called? A brown Evian. <laughs> uh B, you ready? Uh-huh. Uh H Poo O. Uh C Aqua Fecal. <laughs> oh, you're too. Or, or or D, kind of what we came up with yesterday. Uh, it's poop water. Yeah, <laughs> I'm very simple. I'm sold. Poop water. I'm, I'm sold on one. It's number uh, one. I can't imagine anybody else wouldn't be. You're brilliant mm. with H poo O. That is. <laughs> it is the number one answer right now. Fifty-one percent H poo O. Poop water is uh, is thirty-four uh, percent. Aqua fecal is eleven. And uh, apparently nobody likes brown Evian uh, at 4%. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Well, I thought brown Evian oh. was going to be the runaway winner. You did? I winner. Oh, man. As soon as you oh, said yeah. H2O, I knew that was it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we put an expert on yesterday, and I said, listen, you know, tell me tell me that uh, th- th- make me feel better that I'd be drinking that stuff. And he's he, he was a great expert, but he didn't make me feel better. I, I think I'm going to get a floater in my water you in about a year. You can't. I don't know. I don't care how many tests you run. I don't care how many test results no. you post. You're no. going to hard pressed to sell people on this. No, you can't sell it, man. <laughs> you can't sell it. It's impossible. Well, I'm jealous. So. I am jealous that I did not come up with H2O. You are a genius. Yep. Was that you or Chad? Uh, Chad was out yesterday, so uh, this was... uh I didn't use H poo on the air. I had to oh. think about this stuff last night. Oh. I was just using uh, poop water. Well, have, have, That's what I was saying. I was, it's fun to say that on the air. I said it about a thousand times yesterday. So, Well, have a good weekend. Thanks for the laugh. All right. I'm going to go to the can again. <laughs> That's Gatos. The Big Q poll question today is brought to you by your Valley Toyota dealers.